Chapter 15 There was indeed a lot to talk about, but before a single question could be asked, Poem showered Silverbell and her friends with all the tepid luxuries of a run-down mansion. She set them up in their own rooms and gave them nice but worn robes to wear, as their clothes that had been through just as much as they had were washed and pressed by her butler. They were offered cheese that was perhaps just a bit too aged and fruit that was perhaps just a bit too ripe and were served their choice of warm lemonade or cold hot chocolate. It was so close to being comfortable and was indeed a nice change of pace from living in an underground trolley tunnel and eating only apples, though there did happen to be peeled and sliced apples on the fruit tray in Silverbell's spacious, if not drafty room. Shall I take your bag for you, miss? Mr. Bordred asked Silverbell as she rejoined the group in a cozy sitting room where Poem, Tico, and Louie were already lounging in worn, winged armchairs like the ones they had seen downstairs. No, no. Silverbell clutched her backpack tightly. This stays with me. Of course, miss. Undutifully, Mr. Bordred walked away. And then we went through a portal and it brought us to that burned down theater where we found Cove. Louis was deep into a rambling account of the past day, and Silverbell had walked in right in time for the finale. And you, Silverbell added, as if Poem had somehow forgotten where they had just met. Whoever you are. Oh, hello, Silverbell Smith. Poem greeted her with a smile, having apparently been properly filled in by Louis. She had changed out of her sleek white half-cape and now wore a sleek white dress. The dingy walls around her seemed to make her glow, and the underwhelming world made her almost overwhelming to behold. Please, come and sit. So? Silverbell eyed Poem as she took a place on the ground by the foot of Louis's chair. Who? Why? What's your deal? Poem laughed quietly and thought about this for a second, maybe even two. What is my deal indeed? Poem was the sort of person to consider one's individual identity a complex thing, incapable of words. But crossing one leg over the other in preparation, she gave it a go anyway. Well, I'm the daughter of a famous poet. I live in the city of Coda. I'm hoping to change the world in a timely manner, which I find to be an achievable goal, because, as you have seen, time is rather on my side. But how do you do it? Make music without an instrument, I mean. Tico was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, the intrigue of new information perhaps strong enough to outshine any ill effects of fall damage he might have sustained from earlier. Oh, I have one. Poem corrected. It's just not made out of wood or silver. She eyed Silverbell and Louie, whose own instruments she had seen when they had been wielding them at the theater. So, how exactly did we get so lucky as to come upon you? Silverbell had learned to question good happenstances, for they were very rarely truly good. Or I guess... To have you come upon us. It was not luck, Poem assured them, taking a bite of dry cake that was on the spread upon the coffee table in front of them. I heard you. You heard us? Tika looked at her curiously. Well, you know how when you close your eyes, you hear music? She asked of them casually. Yes. Silverbell confirmed. Of course. Said Louis too. Do I? Tiga looked between his friends, quite unsure of what he did or did not hear in his head. Well, there you go. Poem smiled, perfectly pleased again. One moment your little sounds were very far, far away, and then they were very, very, very close. But why did you just so happen to be very close? Coincidence upon coincidence only made Silverbell more skeptical. Do you not know where your portal brought you? Poem asked, looking between them. Well, we knew we were trying to get to Coda, said Silverbell, pulling her violin backpack to her and pulling out the folder she had stolen back in the archive. 
We found these lists, you see, and the only one that had names not crossed out on it were names listed under the city of Coda. But of course... Silverbell showed off the piece of paper, now sharing the unfortunate reality she had discovered back at the base. All the names are blurred and unreadable. We think there might be music makers here somewhere, but where they are, I don't know. Heck, I don't even know who they are. You are a cunning little group, aren't you? Poem requested the paper with a gesture, and cautiously, Silverbell passed it over. Lists like these, even unreadable ones, are not easy to come by. And I would know for how often I commandeer government documents. Ah, you a fan of breaking into government bases, too? Silverbell's defenses considered dropping. After all, any enemy of the government was a friend of hers. More a fan of breaking government arms. Poem commented casually as her eyes darted across the unintelligible page. Only if I have to, of course. I consider myself a bit of a vigilante, if you will allow me the term. I will, because I think it's very cool, Silverbell assured her. But let me tell you, none of the green-clad government goons I've chased down, frightened or forced into resignation, ever had anything like this. What damage I might have done to them if I had walked where you went. Her hungry eyes dimmed with disappointment, but her controlled manner never wavered. But the good news for you is you may have gotten even closer to the music makers than just the general city. With a sharp snap of her wrist, she closed the folder and handed it back to Silverbell. Really? Louis perked up with anxious hope. Well, maybe. That theater you popped into, that was the finale theater. Poem then paused expectantly, as if such a name should mean something to them. The finale theater? Tico choked on the grape he had been eating and coughed it up with visceral excitement. The what? Silverbell was clueless, which also meant she was annoyed. The last place music was ever heard. Tico's enthusiasm was so electric that it almost made him inaudible. That was the finale theater? But it was so... He looked to Poem. Devastated. Yes, it burned to the ground some years ago. Poem explained with a detached frankness. Official records say it was an electrical accident. Less official records say that a gang of silencers set fire to it during a concert, and by less official reports, I of course mean I kindly persuaded a government official to tell me the truth. The girl stressed the word kindly so fervently, it was hard to believe it to be true. Silencers? Silverbell cocked her head. She had heard that once before, back at the government base. Yeah. Tico began to nod, taking a sip of lemonade for his dry throat. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. From what I could tell, they were a fringe group that used to push for anti-music maker laws. That's the thing about fringe groups. Poem's features sharpened in disgust. Eventually, they can gain power and rewrite history, or erase it completely if they wish. Who would want to do something so horrible? Louis' shoulders were tensed up to his ears, and his legs were pulled up into his chest as he held on dearly to the armrest of his chair, both horrified and perfectly attentive. With a pitying smile, Poem answered him. When someone has a skill you think you should have, but do not, this can cause resentment. And when a lot of someones have a skill that you think you should have, but do not, this can cause hatred. And hatred is a fire that seeks to burn away all things, just as it has burned away the finale theater. Poem's words were beautiful and balanced, like the most perfect eulogy for music itself. For you see, they hated music only because they could not make it. Whoa, whoa, wait. Are you saying these silencers are the reason the government erased the existence of music? Silverbell felt lost in a conspiracy greater than she ever imagined. I am saying the silencers are the government. Poem corrected. The leader of the silencers, 
He's now the governing governor, and everyone who works for him was one of his minions. You wouldn't know that from any public records, of course. They've erased any evidence that they were ever anything but leaders of the world, and that music was ever anything but a myth. The only reason I know any of this is from... Kindly persuading a government official to tell you the truth? Louis guessed with an intimidated look to her. Exactly. Poem winked. But, but, but... Silverbell was becoming fidgety and frustrated, and without being able to help it, she rose to her feet and began to pace around the drab sitting room frantically. How do you just erase that stuff? You yourself said the finale theater only burned down a few years ago. I might not remember things, but I'm 12. I was too busy being, like, a little kid to know what was going on. But come on, really? Everyone forgot what music is? No one can remember? It was real! All the evidence until very recently points to it being real! But that's the thing. Is it? Poem asked her with a cocky lift of her eyebrow. Is she asking if music is real? Tigo looked to his friends nervously. She does know she is a music maker, right? Louis whispered in a worried tone. Maybe she forgot too. Tigo suddenly looked worried too. Oh no, it's contagious. Will you two stop? Silverbell groaned at them. Of course she knows music is real. Do I? Poem again offered confidence that Silverbell had originally liked, but was now beginning to find irritating. I have some vague memories of music. One might even say quite a few, but if after today I never saw another instrument again, and never heard another note, and never met anyone who knew how to play an instrument or make a musical sound, could I really be so sure that what I thought I'd known is right? Maybe I'd just been wrong. Maybe I'd been confused. There's no evidence in front of me right now that music is real, and even if I see some, it could just be lies. Stop it! Silverbow shouted, now feeling hurt and upset and angry. Stop it! I know you know music is real! Of course I do. Poem dropped her annoying act and joined Silverbell up on her feet. But look how easily it is to feign ignorance that inspires other ignorance. I mean, these poor fellows almost convinced themselves they were going to forget about music in seconds. Oops. The boys looked between each other awkwardly. So what do we do? Silverbell asked hopelessly. How do we get this all to end? How do we bring the music back? We know how. Poem reminded her. We have to bring the music makers back. But we don't know where they are! Silverbell growled, on the verge of angry tears. No, but we know where they've been. Poem pointed out. And I have a theory that they never left the finale theater. What do you mean they never left? That theater was an empty, broken, burned dump. Silverbell reminded her. Maybe not. A sparkle of thought was suddenly shining in Tico's eyes. The stories I found, they all end the same way. There was music there one minute, and gone the next. Well, couldn't that be government propaganda or something? Silverbell suggested with a shrug. From what I remember, they are pretty famous for peddling the music suddenly not existing stories. No. Government propaganda would say that it never existed. Poem pointed out astutely. There one minute, and gone the next! Now that's music maker talk! Tico was smiling ear to ear. Louis... I think you may have done a better job with the portal than you thought. Oh, really? Louis perked up. Go me! Okay, but our only evidence here is some half-remembered story that Tico dug out of the trash somewhere. Silverbell asked skeptically. Ah, except we're not the only ones who appear to think that theater is special. Poem countered. That man I found pursuing you. Who is he? Harry Horton Cove. Silverbell told her sharply. He's a very bad man. All right, but what does he want? Poem pressed. 
Music makers. Tika replied. To kill them? Poem guessed. To keep them. These three words were all but a whisper from Louis, still in his chair, still afraid. Poem stopped her questioning for a moment as she saw the expression of distress on Louis's face. I don't know a lot about Harry Horton Cove. I know even less than I thought I did, but one thing I'm certain of is he wants to find more music makers. Well, there you go. Poem gestured. He's looking for the same thing as us. And here we all are, after doing our own research, sitting at the same dead end. Yeah, exactly. It's a dead end. We went there. Silverbell set back to her pacing, like a tiger in a cage far too small. There was nobody there except Cove and a half-building. Maybe we missed something. Poem took up her own pacing, stirring her thoughts as she moved. There has to be something that we are just not seeing. Just not seeing? Behind her, Tika repeated the words in a strange, trance-like way that was frankly quite unnerving. Maybe we're not seeing it because we can't. He ruminated out loud, staring off into the distance, as if the wallpaper were suddenly very interesting. Remember when I told you about songs that do different things? Yeah, you told us we should learn some. Silverbell reminded him, a bit perturbed that anyone thought she ought to know any more than she already did, since in her opinion, she knew just enough. Other than, of course, the stuff that she didn't know, but wanted to. Exactly! Tico snapped his fingers. Just like there are songs to make small objects and portals to specific places, there just might be a song to reveal the music makers. Maybe they are in that theater, and once upon a not too long ago, they were all in that theater playing this special song, and then, when they hit that final note, poof! They're one minute and gone the next! Silverbell was stunned into stillness. <gasps> Holy crap! You might have a point! I would avoid getting too excited, Poem urged, though she too was smiling, bubbling with her own chic anticipation. There very well may be a song such as this, but we have absolutely no idea how to find it. I think I do. These words were soft, and they were sweet, and they were scared, and they came from Louis Berembe, now standing so bravely. Wait, really? Silverbell said in surprise, and Louis nodded. Harry Horton Cove has it. Louis's words sent a silent shockwave through the group, causing a silence so silent you never would have guessed that any of them could make something so loud as music. What's that now, Louis? Silverbell finally begged for clarification. You see, Cove used to make me try and play this song when we were together. Louis's dark eyes went oddly empty as he remembered the past. And suddenly, Silverbell found that she had to look away his pain too tangible even for her. He had this paper with dots and lines, and he said that they meant something, but I didn't understand and he couldn't explain it. He'd just babble and yell, but I could never... Silverbell heard the sound of tears threatening to fall, though she still wasn't looking at him. Louis, it's okay. You don't have to talk about it. Silverbell told him gently, perhaps a little bit for her sake, but mostly for his. But what you're talking about is sheet music. Tico chimed in, adding information to agony. The paper with the lines and dots. I read about it in my research. Yeah, sheet music. Louis nodded, gaining control over his sadness, reverting it back into seriousness. That's what he called it. What makes you think this song was the one we're looking for? Poem then asked. Apologies, Louis, but it could be any old song that casts any old spell. No, I don't think so. Louis shook his head with resolve. This one seemed important. 
Cove was angry all the time, but he got most angry about this. He never told me what it was for, but I think that only proves my point. He looked between his friends and then so deeply into Silverbell's eyes that she feared she could feel the weight of all his pain upon her little broken heart. I bet he thought if he gave me hope that there were others like me out there somewhere, I'd steal the song and run away. There was another long silence between the four children as they marinated in the lonely, frightening life that Louis had lived before they all met. But then, Silverbell's broken, beating heart morphed into turning wheels in her mind, and suddenly, she was struck with an idea. What a great idea, Louis, Silverbell told him, a smile slowly creeping across her face. What idea? Louis looked at her, confused. We're going to steal it, Silverbell decided for them right then and there. We're going to steal that song from Harry Horton Cove, and then we're going to learn to play it, and then we're going to find the music makers, and it's all going to be a great happy end. The end. She stated plainly, as if all the hard work had already been done. Steal it? What? No, that is a bad idea. Louis said in panic. We can't steal it. That man is dangerous and crazy, and we don't even know where he is. The boy tried to convince them. Once we fled the theater, he could have gone anywhere. Of course he could have. Poem chimed in with a coy confirmation. But he didn't. Okay, how would you know that? Silverbell asked with disbelief wrapped up in her tone. You say this gentleman's name is Cove? Poem asked again. Yeah, Harry Horton Cove. Louis confirmed with regret and disdain. Very good. I think I know where we can find him. Poem promised them with another wink and a knowing smile. <laughs>